Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 108 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am chatting to an absolutely iconic actress who you might know from two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, skins or Angus thongs and perfect snogging. Please welcome to the podcast, Georgia Henshaw. Drama School Dropout Graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Found your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and doing it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm honestly, to be honest, really, really good, really happy. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so life, we're in this sort of really weird time at the moment. Like it's mm. not COVID, but still COVID. How are you finding it? Oh, uh, I mean, personally, uh, it's it's been really like sound for me. Most importantly, family's good. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. been personally affected by people getting really ill from it and things and stuff like that. And I'm always like really delicate to say how fine I am. Yeah. you know to people because you just don't know but personally proper lucky fine um and it's just been a time to uh take stock of all the good things basically right so, yeah. so that's what i'm feeling i'm feeling grateful and and then yeah happy honestly i am really yeah i completely understand where you come from. i have continuously said throughout this podcast that i had a great pandemic not gonna lie mm-hmm. um not gonna lie i've never been lost of what happened and what it caused and the lives it took and i had elderly grandparents didn't break any rules i just want to put that out there i'm a good boy um i didn't break any rules it was just i dropped out of drama school two weeks before it happened didn't really know what i was doing with my life and then was like oh i've got to stay at home anywhere so it was all good so i hope you saved the money that you would have been spending on a half not course because you wouldn't have been able to be in the room. It's free in Scotland. Oh, we don't pay okay. for education at all. So Please. okay. Yeah. That's why such I mean, finely educated folk come out of Scotland <laughs> then, obviously, isn't it? Yeah, no, all <laughs> of our higher education is free. So it was it was never that for it was just it was a good time. I had a good time during lockdown despite all of the deaths. And I'll never not be aware of all of the stuff that happened, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. Nobody yeah. I know got ill. Nobody that I know died of it. And yeah, I made it out. Hallelujah. Never had COVID yet either. Uh, oh, right. I haven't technically had it because I haven't tested positive, but my sense of smell well went. I was spraying, I'm pretty obsessed with fragrances, and I was spraying perfume in my face like, this should hurt. This should hurt right yeah. now. And it didn't at all. And but I'm really, really happy. My sense of taste has totally come back normal. Because if that didn't come back, ooh, oh, I'd have killed something. myself. Worse, really. I would have killed that myself. Mm, mm, like, mm. imagine not being do? able to taste chocolate ever yeah. again. I'd kill myself. I'd, I'm being serious. I would top myself. Right. I'm coming around with a taste test for you every week now. Keep like, you on track. I would. Like, eating's my favourite thing in the world. Smoking used to be my favourite thing in the world. And now I'm on these stupid fucking elf oh, with you. Them. Like, I oh, loved God. smoking. And now that I don't do that anymore, 
eating chocolate is my second favorite thing in the is now my favorite thing in the world. Well, you're so, not a madman. Yeah, like I could be doing heroin, so it could be worse. Yeah. Um, but like, no, chocolate. I'd kill myself. Mm. So you'd have to go to like. So um, my brother lives out in Cambodia, so I go, you know, as much as possible. I went on a school trip when I was what? sixteen, and I've got a little budget <laughs> when I went to Cambodia. You legend. This isn't set up. That is no. banging. That's wicked. Whoa, that's an incredible school trip to go on. Yeah, it was it was cool as fuck. Cost three and a half grand. Nearly bankrupted my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's mental. Um, I mean, I really hope you did everything because it's such a cheap place to go. Uh, we because obviously it was like a school trip, so we had like an itinerary. We were in little villages quite a lot, but then when we went to like the big cities like Siem Reap or Phnom Penh. Like we we did like Angkor Wat, all of the markets, the mm. the two the is it the castle the temple that's the right word from Tomb Raider, mm. all of that stuff. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, uh, sounds wicked. Yeah, well, I did a food tour last time I was in Phnom Penh, and it's all about textures in the Cambodian uh, cuisine. It's about texture, so like lotus flowers and stuff, and it's there's no flavor in it. It's just for the crunch. So if we lost our sense of taste, don't top yourself, please. Just chocolate. To Cambodia. No, chocolate. It wouldn't, life would not be worth living. But it's funny that you say textures. A lot of the food I don't like, it's because of the texture. Mm. Like, mm. I cannot put an oh, onion in my mouth. Then. Cannot put an onion mm. in my mouth. It's disgusting. Specifically raw or uh, any. Can you do it cooked? What about caramelized red onion? No. No. The texture of lettuce makes me violently ill. Oh, don't do it to yourself then. It's like, nah, we're not doing it. It's disgusting. Right, so not crunchy things? It, no, some crunchy things. I, I do love, but it's just like set and like, I think it's the way it feels in your mouth. Mm, mm, like, and mm. I don't particularly know who one day thought, I'm going to put that leaf on my sandwich. Mm, and I think mm. it's disgusting. I thank them, but yeah, fair. I, I think thank they need them. to get a good grip on like their concept of reality. Are you... um? By any chance, I don't know. Uh, just have you? Are you dyspraxic? You've got no. dyspraxia. I'm just because that's like that's a thing. Just a fussy eater. Mm, mm. It's just a really common thing for people with dyspraxia. Don't like texture, so mushrooms and stuff. stuff oh, like that's a real common one. Yeah. Isn't it? Um. No, and dyspraxia is the movement one, isn't it? Like I'm not clumsy yeah. or anything. Like I don't fall over or that. Like I'll yeah. bump into things. Mm. But I mm. don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to like you know <laughs> just been diagnosed <laughs> <laughs> happy Wednesday <laughs> yeah um but what I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role it was so I was uh, in primary school and my best mate at the time was going to a Saturday class like for her first time she was like Georgia will you come with me uh, so uh, her mum drove us to Ponflu to the village hall, Mark German Stage School. Uh, and it was three hours and it was five pounds, five pounds for them three hours. So really well priced for everyone to be able to go. Yeah. And I went to that one class and um, it was really stuff like we were doing 
come on, you know what I mean? Drama games, right? Everyone's sitting in a circle, put your hand up. And I was just happy. I was just a happy, mm. confident kid because my mum's such a lovely legend, just very, just nice and calm and just mm. happy herself, nice. So yeah, hand straight up. There we go. Improv games. You know, two people are doing a scene, stop. Yeah. Anyone who's got an idea, you jump in, you change it. Well, that's pure fun in my eyes, yeah. isn't it? You know, so it's improv, improv, improv. And because I was just hand up, ready to go, then I stayed. I went to the next class. Jody dropped out. And um, and Mark German, who ran the stage school, he was actually a teacher and an agent at Ravenscourt Theatre School in London. Mm. So him, the clever, clever man, um, initiative, had us on their books. So us in Swansea, we would get professional auditions. So I went to two classes and and then got an audition for Casualty. No, right, either Little Britain or Casualty. And I got Casualty. And I, well, anyway, my mum printed off the script for Casualty. And I remember going in her bedroom like, mum, I'm eight. I'm going to do this on my own. Leave me alone. And so I'd like going through the lines. And we went up and my mum, honestly, she just went like, day off school. We might have some nice food. And they're there to meet you. That's it. No pressure at all. We got there. We're in the waiting room. And I got like the brief because I hadn't seen the brief. They obviously wouldn't. Well, they didn't show it to an eight-year-old. They just gave me the yeah. script. And then it said in this in the, in the script then, in the sides when I was in the waiting room, tubby eight-year-old. And yeah, I, I was. But I didn't know. Really happy, blissfully ignorant. Yeah, you'd kid, never been like called that before. Nah, and other than by my brother, but I just I actually remember like, <laughs> looking in yeah. yeah. I remember looking in the mirror being like, I'm not, I'm not. Like I just was so happy and yeah, as you should be in it. And Tubby, eight-year-old, and I got it. Um so, <laughs> and my mum went, oh, I actually did. I turned to my mum and I went, Tubby pointed at the word. She went, They're all too skinny. You're perfect. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> And then that was that, got that one. Nothing like a bit of skinny shaming. <laughs> Turn it round, flip reverse it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that. But then oh, um, Little Britain, I thought that might have been the very first one. Uh, and it was to play Vicky Pollard's mate. Vicky Pollard, remember? It, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, I grew up on that shit. Yeah, yeah. Ruth, uh, Ruth Jones, Ruth, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, she's Jones. a genius. Yeah, yeah. R- Ruth Jones, like honestly could spit in my face and i'd say thank you oh you big flirt oh no not like that in no, any I'm way joking. shape or form yeah no like, go on i would let ruth jones unplug my life support machine to charge her phone <laughs> like a woman is a goddess in my eyes uh, like yeah oh so i actually i met her about two years ago now maybe three at the bbc audio drama and fiction awards i was presenting she was presenting you know what i mean just doing well, yeah. a bit an award and the whole ceremony had finished and i was outside smoking because i smoked then living my dreams and yeah, miss it and and this and 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 she walked towards me. Just, you know what I mean? I probably had a couple of drinks. I definitely had some wine as well. So we're out the front, just having a fag, a couple of glasses of wine deep. And, you know, when you turn around and you just, this doesn't happen to me. This is actually the second time it's ever happened. And I just grabbed her and hugged her like I knew her because I felt like I knew her big time. Yeah. And, Hello. And gave her the biggest, very physical hug. And she like was somewhat like oh a little bit you know I don't blame her I'm a stranger she doesn't know me I'm just hugging her I'm all up hello oh how are you and she was oh fine thank you I'm sure she gets it 
a lot because we feel like we know her because she's awesome because mm. her characters are brilliant yeah and she's so good uh so yeah quite embarrassing really she won't remember it hopefully <laughs> i'd love well if she doesn't like she definitely listens to this and she's definitely a huge fan of me so yeah. she, now she knows like do you know what i mean like she is listening she definitely is at Hi, ruth, ruth jones hashtag yeah. ruth jones i don't think she's on socials actually mm-hmm. i think she's just like an elusive person who lives out in i'm sure she lives in the countryside in wales stunning watch it she probably she probably lives in like cardiff city center or something and Mm. i've I've got her totally wrong but i can Mm. just imagine her like having her own like little farmhouse and she just sits there writing and reading because she does nothing else with her life Mm. Mm. yeah Mm. but that's what that's what i'm imagining the sold out five star play is returning to webster's theater This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February, 2023. Because I listened to an episode of your fine, fine podcast and, uh, and you know, in your opening titles, which I thought was great, by the way. Whoever sings it is just lovely. It's my friend, Anna um, Davidson. I have to give her a shout out. Big ups, Anna. I thought it was delightful. Mm. And I knew it would have been one of your talented mates from said drama <laughs> school. Do you know what I mean? She, yeah, she, I met her at drama school. She was two mm. years above me. Yeah, links, yeah. yeah. Keep in contact. It does and come in handy. Her- flatmate is my best friend who i wrote a play with and we are like directing it and putting it on all over the place so yeah it's coming back in am i allowed to say this when's this coming out it's coming back in february that's all i'll say oh it's exciting yeah it's exciting so yeah we've got like quite a a good close-knit like if everybody like knows somebody who can do something i Mm. I can't Mm. sing so i was like anna want to sing my theme tune and they all know i can edit and put stuff together quite well so i'll obviously mm-hmm. i'll get a text every once in a while being like hey could you just throw this showreel scene together i'm like yes yes i'm gonna save you 500 pounds and i'll be returning the favor in a few months yeah i've got a new podcast mm-hmm. coming out in uh, october so i'm like hi anna mm-hmm. Mm. But that that whole podcast theme tune that was all Heather Spiden. I have to give that to her as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um had never thought about it. I'd been doing it for something like ten weeks, and me and Heather were doing something for the play. And I had a sticker on my computer that said "Drama School Dropout." It was the logo, and all of a sudden she just started going "Drama School Dropout," and I was like, "How have I never thought about that before?" Mm. Meant I- to be. I was like, like how have I? And I I love Greece. Like I was like, how have I never ever put two and two together so yeah heather thank you for the for the theme tune thanks heather it was so lovely to listen to and thanks anna for singing it still not getting paid greece is actually (laughs) greece is the one play i did with mark german that's fun greece is a good play i love it it was the first ever musical i did i was uh i was frenchy and i did a very ridiculously high-pitched yeah there we go there's a lovely theme tune that's my theme tune yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I like that. I think that'd be good to see, actually. Yeah, I'm going to find some producer friends. Like, mm. Can we get Georgia on the West End at the moment? Just sack whoever it is. Um, 
Game. <laughs> Game. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> See, at this point, me too. Like, I'll play Frenchie. Yeah. Like, can't sing, but I'm, yeah. I'm game. Um, I do want to talk to you very briefly about my favourite, one of my favourite TV shows of all time. There's two, mm. and I have to give them equal billing right mm. at the top. Two pints. It <gasps> is one. It is one of my favourite TV shows of all time. The other one is Shameless UK. Uh, it was awesome, awesome yeah. one as well. Awesome. So, Susan Nixon is one of my heroes. She's been on the oh. podcast. I love her. <gasps> is she? Yeah, she is. is. She? Episode... 31 epic guest I oh my god she's i was the first interview she'd done in like 10 years or something oh it's and you've it... got wonderful taste i'm so glad and i got the scoop that two pints was coming back and started a, a newspaper war oh well you're like putting me somewhat in the loop here because i hadn't heard anything about that other than my grandma sending me a link <laughs> two pints is coming back georgia get in there get in there <laughs> i am um... I just very brazenly said, I've got two questions for you. Is it because Will Meller had spoke a lot about it coming back over the pandemic? And I just went, is it coming back? And can I be in it? And she said, yes. And yes. <gasps> Not that I ever expected her to follow up on that claim. I really do. Susan, that contract, that podcast is a contractual obligation. Finding. I'll work for free. I'm going to like, even if I can be the coat hanger, like, do you know what I mean? I'll take your coat off and I'll put, I just want to be a part of it. Like, I, love I feel it. like you could be brilliant in the pub and someone, you could be resident coat hanger. And yeah. it could just, you, this shouldn't be one line. Oh, that's, I'd be silent. Oh, that's Darren. No, as in like, no, but one line explaining. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's Darren. He likes, he likes to, Yes. Yeah. Like, and do you know what? I would be so happy with that. <laughs> like, like I was talking to my friend about it the other day and I said, like, it's, I don't want to do it because like it's been a cultural phenomenon or anything i would love to be a part of it because i grew up on that shit yeah like yeah. i am a child of bbc3 mm. like was a literal Me. child when i started watching this shit mm. Mm. I, I don't know. I love it. It's always been one of my... I rewatched it a million times during the pandemic. Uh. How did you get involved with Two Pints? Because obviously it was, at this point, it was a cultural staple in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just... It was one of them, my agent messaged me or whatever, rang me, said, got an audition for Two Pints of Lager. And it was on I the think I'd day. bottle it, you know. Really? Yeah, like, I think... Like, I have no, like always said not the best actor like that i don't claim to be the best actor in the world i think that i would probably do better at something that i didn't love like yeah. i know i'm very confident in my capabilities and i know what i can do but i think i'd bottle it if it came down to like shameless or two pints just because of pressure that you've because imposed it's on yourself like, and it'd be like you've got to get this yeah, like yeah. all you've ever spoke about is wanting to be on these tv shows like make sure you get it Two yeah. seconds. I'm really sorry. I'm getting email notifications. Yes, I need to silence sorry. that. And me, I need to silence me too. That reminded me. It normally is, but I don't normally do them at night time. Um, I've been trying to. Oh, I'll get you. Oh, we should have done this at seven a.m. Oh, fuck that. No, <laughs> I normally do in between ten and five, and then they were mm, like, oh. "Can you do just after five? And I was like, "Yeah, I will. Oh. I will." Well, and, I, but... it's just I've been so busy. I've been. It's my fourth job today three of them being Fun. acting bits i Fun. know i'm living my dream yeah that i've is... had two podcasts and that's it i'd love Ooh. to have some acting jobs uh two two today though yeah i had one this morning laurie duncan who was on hollyoaks i did two yesterday i've got a day oh. off tomorrow 
And then I'm recording the first episode of my new podcast on Friday. I love it. Well done, you. Well done, you really. I'm just a little podcast mogul at the moment. Oh my God, just chucking them out. So I got the audition and it was actually along with three others that day. So I was like, uh, yeah, 16 or something. My agent's like, right, you got four auditions. One was EastEnders, two pints, uh, Channel 4 thing, something else. So I went up and it was like one of four. But I went in and so it was like less pressure. You know, you were saying about that pressure thing. It was less of a peak, not a crescendo. It was one of four. You're more like, I don't know, you're playing it cool for the whole day, right? So anyway, I went in there and there was the whole, it was Susan Nixon, the producer, the director, uh, possibly someone else, I feel naughty, casting director. And and then it was me and Freddie who got it and then someone else. Ray Quinn um, was there that day. Thank that. you. So, right, I knew that, but I didn't want to kind of disclose it just in case it's, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's already been done. Okay, wicked. Okay, so it was Ray, and I had seen him on The X Factor or something, yeah. right? Like, so I'd watched him. I watch, oh, I watch all the reality TV. I love it. Mm. So I'd seen him. I'd watched his whole series. And so I was like, oh, fun, really fun. And like, I really actually wanted to work with him, right? Because I thought he seemed like such a sweet, lovely guy. Anyway, we started doing it. And I went out into the waiting room and there was another girl there and she had a suitcase. And I came back in and I was just out on a little bit of a, I was like, ah, I actually popped my head back in to the door. And I was like, I think she's even moving in mine. She's brought a suitcase, you know, really cheeky in the audition. And they wanted, you know, me to go out and to swap me to the other girl. And I pointed at Friday. I was like, ah, I like this one to all of them. I was like, I like this one. I think he should get it or something like that. Just a cheeky, cheeky girl. And I don't know whether Susan told you, but my character was based on her. She wrote it about mm. her, her. This was based on herself. Yeah. Cassie was. And uh, she didn't tell me that until afterwards, but she was in the audition. You, I'm so glad I didn't know that. I, like, I genuinely audition. think, like, Susan Nixon is one of my heroes. I write stuff as well, and I write stuff that's kind of on similar lines to Two Pints. And I think genuinely, if I had to act in front of Susan, Susan's read my writing and said it was good, which... Whoa that email that I was waiting for that to come back I was constantly on the toilet shitting myself and mm. I think if I had to act in front of Susan I'd probably bottle it like not gonna lie and I love Susan I've got a bit of a friendship with her now and I, I, I'd I, think I'd bottle it well you've got time do you know what I mean like you know come on mm. you've got time you've got this next new coming series and then you've got the spin-off the coat hanger dude yes. from the pub we're gonna make a whole multiverse just about me yeah. Loving cults, and I'm Makes here for sense, it. Makes sense, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for. I'm going to send her this episode when it comes out, and I'm going to be like, just listen to mine and George's idea. Think yeah. we're onto a winner, and then we can like brain bash. You know, what I mean, brainstorm, yeah. brain bash. Let's get in a room and <laughs> and bash a brain out about these this spin off. Uh, yeah, it's on. Yeah, and um, I just want that. I just I'm... want to get in that room because I want to catch up with Susan again. Just yeah, make it happen. I'm basically just the face of the BBC now um, with the spin-off. And, but I do wish I would have known that Ray Quinn was there at the same time when I spoke to Susan. Mm-hmm. I didn't find that out until after because mm-hmm. I'd like to know what the decision process in that was because it's the first time I've ever heard of... Freddie was relatively unknown. I don't think he... I think it was his first job, um, fresh mm-hmm. out of drama school. And you don't normally hear of people going up against celebrities who have a Mm, brand mm. 
who are relatively mm-hmm. unknown and mm. then beating this so i'd like to know i thought freddie was great and i'd never seen what ray quinn did and yeah. i'd like to know like what the because nine times out of ten they would go let's go with the person who has fans yes yeah usually i mean uh, i wish you asked susan because she was much more unbiased and actually involved in the decision yeah. making but um from myself i did i point as when they told me to leave and swap with the other girl, I was like, I like this one. I like this one at Freddie. Mm. Um, so that's probably what did it for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got him the job. <laughs> you can thank me, Freddie. <laughs> no, because I just, I do think, I do find it quite fascinating. And I think that it might sort of lead back mm. to sort of the working class roots of the show that they were, Susan maybe would have probably, knowing the Susan I know, maybe would have said, we're not just giving him the job because he's a celebrity, which, I mean, you've got to like, yeah, applaud, yeah. haven't you? Well, I think um, Freddie had the, he was, so basically the character was supposed to be pretty, I think, uh, dumb. Like uh, Freddie's character was supposed yeah. to be quite dumb, I think. And Freddie just killed that angle of it. He yeah. really did give it that like, oh, kind of really well, mm. you know, he played that really well. And I think Ray was, Ray is more kind of like bubbly, effervescent, cute. And yeah. Freddie was giving it the the dumbness. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know? Do you, yeah. do you have a favourite behind the scenes moment from the show? Oh, trust me. It was absolutely epic. Like oh, me and Luke Jell, who played my brother, we were in, and I had just turned 16. I was 16 and a half. Sorry. That's such a 16 year old thing to say. Uh, so I was 16 and a half and they put me up in an apartment and it was caught. So I had an apartment next to Mad. Luke and we were right above a giant 24 hour Tesco superstore. So both of us put on some serious weight on that show <laughs> so we were cooking each other three course meals i'll never forget his butter chicken curry it was delightful so we were cooking cooking and just so happy living next door to each other and then so monday to thursday you go into a studio uh, like a big warehouse and you and the, and the set is marked out on the floor in tape so mm. that's where all the rooms are and things and any props that need to be there are there yeah so it's monday to thursday and your schedule was like 10 a.m until half one 2 p.m every day and you might so at the start of the week you do your read through per episode it's one week per episode friday you get picked up there and taken to the bbc studios which have been sold off apartments now it's gutting because i loved that building i just thought i've really do you know whose gym is in that building yours freddy's ah whoa there we go he's so happy there he's Mm. going back to go to the gym there (laughs) yeah he loved his job (laughs) <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll tell you something about Freddie Wharf that he he's obviously continues to enjoy the gym because when we were working together, he um he must have been training because he would drink raw eggs every Fuck day, that. and I can only imagine, right? So he'd get his like protein shaker out and drink like six eggs, raw eggs, and his farts off. They were something else. Honestly, we were all like, oh, Freddie, please can you not drink eggs today? Um, but yeah, it's good to see us keeping the gym up anyway. Uh, but yeah, that being a part of that that building was epic, you know. I w- we would go for a drink before each show to the BBC bar on yeah. the top floor, whatever it was. And I only drank tequila at that point. I like strictly only drank tequila just because there we go. And so, I, you know, it was a shot of tequila and then everyone would have their drinks. And then, yeah. and then like the next week, because... You know, it was one per week. Next week, I had two shots of tequila. And then the next week, I had three shots of tequila. 
and I didn't enjoy the show as much. And I was like, oh my God, I'm really going to have just one shot of tequila next time. It's just yeah. naughty, isn't it? That's a bit of like naughtiness from me. But I, I feel like that's very in keeping with the theme of the show. So it's quite spot on. Yeah. Did, did you nick anything from the set? No, not at all. No, no, I wish I did. Um, the, 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 the only thing I've ever stolen, and it's absolutely epic, um, is a BAFTA head. Um, giant BAFTA head from the from the BAFTAs. I love like that. An actual giant one that was on stage as a as a prop. It's like four and a half foot mm. head. And my boyfriend at the time put it behind his put it on his back with his suit jacket over the top. And we walked out of like the awards. And you know, like when you're like trying to be calm, you know you're doing something yeah. naughty, and you end up just like running and like <laughs> running and laughing away, making much more of a fuss than you would have. Um, so yeah, I've got that giant. After her face, which Love I think that. is a bit of fun. Yeah, I did listen to the the two pints episode, um, the podcast with two pints with Will and Ralph, and yeah. the one that Susan and Catherine Drysdale were on, and um, all of the two pints sets were burnt, wow. which what? makes Not me they, just, they didn't have the storage, oh. so they oh. were just done away with, which makes me very sad because. I'd have bought like a bit of the set, like not like a full set, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, like they could have definitely raised. I'd have bought like a, a floor tile from Janet's house. Yeah, you could have been recording behind the bar right now. Yeah. Well, that is the one role that I do think I could, not that I could overtake, but like it's the one that I could live with the consequences of. Mm-hmm. I could take Luke's character. Nothing against mm-hmm. Luke. Mm-hmm. I really like Luke. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was somebody, we have a closing tradition, which you'll know, you'll ask the next guest a question. And somebody said, what role would you instantly replace yourself with? And But you have to live with the consequences of that. So like if you pick Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks will never be Forrest Gump. Okay. And I instantly thought to myself, Gaz. And then I went, no, I like Will Meller too much in that role. Like I, I want to watch yeah. that performance. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to do that performance. I want to watch it. Mm. I was thinking, and I was like, the barman. I could live with me being him, and yeah, that's that's the role I'm going to take yeah. when I come back. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, how about let's not, or even we can move forward from that taking and think about this coming spin-off in which you're his brother. Let's go. So then I'm also be your brother. You could... That's joyous. I'm glad we've come to this conclusion. All right, should we end it there? Because it's a family affair. We've got a script. Um, Send it to you tomorrow. Um, A question that I love to ask everybody that comes on the show is if you were doing a two-hander in the West End and they came and said to you, listen, we've got as much money as we need. Who do you want to be your co-star, but they have to be alive? Who are you picking? Olivia Coleman. Olivia solid Coleman, answer. For sure. Solid yeah. answer. Um, I just think she's awesome. She's such a spectacular actress. Like she so really naturalistic is. and wonderful. Yeah. And I just want to look in her eyes. I want to act and look in her eyes and know real between both of us and make it real and care. And I can imagine her being just exactly like that and just mm. a joy to work with and not acting yeah. at each other. It's real. It's a solid answer. I have to carry on my campaign that's mm. been going on for 100 plus weeks now. Catherine Tate, please do a two-hander with me in the West End. Or do you know what? Like, come on the podcast. Like, please. Like, At Catherine Tate. Hashtag Catherine Tate. She's another one that's not on social media. 
come on, Catherine and Ruth. Uh, it's like all of the... these genuine icons are just mm. like fuck Instagram. Oh my and god, you know it's what? like they've got a I real life and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of really respect them for of it, but course. they're like, nah, like I, I'm not gonna do that. Um, I've completely, yeah. I couldn't read there. Every my own, it's typed. Well, it's literally typed, and I was like, "What the fuck does mm-hmm. that say?" Well, you were excited thinking about Catherine. Yeah, you know, that's... I did the Catherine Tate show. I did the Catherine Tate show. Uh, it was a Christmas special. So fucking and, jealous. Um, well, it it was a, a funny little tiny mini role. I played her granddaughter, and I was a stand-in because I'd play the well, coat hanger again. Like, yeah, do you know what uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'd reprise to. my role as the coat. I, I can just stand there like this, mm, and I'd mm. be good. Like mm. fully aware, Catherine Tate will make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm at peace mm. with it. Mm-hmm. Did you see um get what was it uh the get hot, the one when hard she's sell. in prison yeah, of course you have loved hard it. sell right I haven't seen the Nan movie I'm really terrible there's a movie the what oh the, the Nan, Nan movie. movie okay right yeah. okay right. does um, okay I've got a Kardashian that was just what I was gonna say right I'm so excited <laughs> I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> oh like, she does it in a Scottish <sighs> accent and it's like here's my cutney. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love her. She's genuinely awesome. I think Catherine may be my icon. Mm, Like, mm. I think she may. Come on. I think she is. But there's lots of other actresses out there that I do really look up to. For example, Mm. Maggie Smith, Ruth Jones, all of this. So Mm. I just think she will be my icon of the times and she will be, she'll be like my staple. Well, she's epic, you know, doing that show. I, I didn't, I I couldn't have fathomed how talented and brilliant she was at all until I did it. And when you're on sex, it was in the studios, the big BBC studios where Two Pints was filmed. So it was in the big, you know, live studio yeah. audience. And um, and she's playing Nan, but she's also basically stage manager, producer. She's talking to the audience. She's directing the camera people, the, everything. She yeah. she ran one the woman show. show. And it was so, so impressive. And it was only after being there and seeing her incredible way of working and how deeply intelligent she is, like epic, and the strength of her um, was I then really, really in awe. Because beforehand, mm. I just thought she was like, you know, funny and just doing yeah. a funny show. And because it's not too serious. It's just a right, funny you know, ginger lady. Music. Silly, yeah, and oh, you know, just amazing. She's a powerful, mm. powerful woman. So yeah, she, I think she's a brilliant, brilliant icon. I feel mm. like she could stand in the middle of Leicester Square and say, "Right, we're gonna march on the palace, and I'm gonna be the new Queen of Britain." And I would be like, "Yeah, you are. Let's go. Like, let's march." I'm so like, excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, like, I feel like I'd be fully behind, like her being like Catherine for Queen. Like, yeah. Catherine, I promise I'm not a fucking stalker fan. Please just come and talk to me. Like, I really <laughs> love it. Cry real tears <laughs> um, before bed. I want to talk about another aspect of your career that has become such a phenomenon, and that's Angus Thongs and Perfect Snoggin. Mm. What was it like being part of that, knowing what you know now that it's gone on to become the absolute, like, monster that it is? Yeah, well, I mean, we couldn't, I couldn't have known at all, and mm. you just absolutely can't. And for, you know, I just often get girls coming up to me, um, quoting it, and 
you I was you know I was only like 14 doing it I was would never have known at all my just my little Swansea accent that is shocking and apparently that's something you know I mean you're just saying saying a line and then apparently it's it's something and still yeah. 15 years later it is something and the sitting on your hands until until then um and lift them up to your presumers and press and I went to uh like a big family it was actually an ex's family gathering and his little cousins came over and it had just been World Book Day. And they were like, look, me and my friends dressed up as the Ace Gang and recreated that photo. Look. And it's those. And that was like, you know, within my real world, in 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 my ex's family. And I just think it's delightful. There was always someone to relate to. And I love it when people come over and they're like, Rosie, I was Rosie. I was Rosie, which is awesome. And I actually read the books and I didn't. I wasn't a reader, to be honest with you. I'm still kind of not. Other than holidays, scripts. you know, I know scripts. There we go. Thank Other you. than scripts, I don't read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, went to, um, and so I, I read the books. I actually read Angus Long's and Perfect Snogging. And then I went into the audition. First audition was in like January. And uh, Louise Renison was in the room. Oh, and I said, they said, Oh, have you read the books? And I was like, uh, I was like, Yeah. I was like, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and I really liked it because it was diary entry. So you can literally mm. read a day and go to sleep if you want. And I said to Louise, I was like, you can retire. You made me read. You can retire. Yeah. Who do I think I am? Like, you can just damn. go now. So rude. I bet she Job's was only done. like 40. I'm like, oh, you can retire. <laughs> but I uh, suppose oh, that she... is every, what every author wants to hear, that they made someone mm. who didn't like to read, read their book. Yeah, well, it was actually her diary, and and Rosie is based on her mate. So she told me then as well. She was like, "You were so similar to my friends. Like I've had that loads. I keep playing people themselves <laughs> or friends and stuff, but yeah. not knowing until afterwards." And I'm like, you know, when you think you're a unique individual, like everyone <laughs> thinks, "Oh my gosh, I'm so unique," and I'm like, "Oh, apparently I'm like." like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, everyone else like, "Oh, I'm just like your mate and your mate," and great yeah but, it is uh, it was... it's uh it's a weird one and i think it's even weirder when writers tell people who their writers who their characters are based on uh. so for example in my show this is where we get off that i wrote with heather mm. there are characters that are based on some people in there i would never tell anyone mm. Mm. until afterwards be... or ever don't no, ever like people the show's been on it done a sold out show in april we got good reviews <laughs> And people that the characters are based on came to said show, and uh. I will never tell them. Uh. Do you know what I mean? Like when they couldn't see themselves in the character, or were they like, "Oh my god, that's my favorite character"? I well, I had know. it recently. I did a uh, a radio play last a week ago, actually, and uh, it was oh gosh, it was so good, so well written. It was awesome, and it was actually about the writers personal experience and we were all based then on her friends and she was really really honest and explicit like the whole way mm. um yeah this is yeah you know you're based on my friend oh gosh she's so funny and this this is what this is exactly yeah. what happened on the day and like da, 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 da. and she went oh do you know her and I was like no like no like not at all she was like please don't google her until you're finished and she was like you you sound like her everything I'm like well that's good because it's a radio thing yeah. no you know and um and and then I kind I was desperate then to see afterwards but, who she was. Because you don't often come on. If someone goes, "Are you? Are you really look like that person? Or are you so like that?" Like you the are. The first thing you do so is look. Yeah, but, but I no. I did wait till afterwards, and um, 
I found said said girl and um I just I don't know she's got a relatively deep voice and um curly hair and she looks like she does loads of yoga or something so but I just need to get to know her because she could be my absolute twin and we could yeah. bears off we could bears off we could just love each the other the next you know? new double act yeah you know I do I think it's weird and I never tell anyone especially like writing and I've done some stuff where I've been like um for talking sake I've never done this one but like oh my mum does that really weird thing when she talks I'll use that for this character and especially when actors do that and they go oh, yeah I was I was James Farrell who I knew from um primary school and he would walk with a walk with this sort of rhythm and I decided to adopt that for this performance and I just <sighs> think shut the fuck up ah, absolute thank you. cock and wanker <sighs> like we, it's like yeah, those people. You, that, you, as a as a as a six year old child, you're really clocking someone's <laughs> rhythm. Yeah. yeah, it's like drama school. the The main issue that I had with drama school is nobody in the professional world goes. So for this scene, for act for act one, scene four, I think I'm going to use a bit of breaks. Yes, breaks. I think we'll do that today. They just we're going to act. Do you know what I mean? And what is Brecht? Is that a <laughs> Brecht was a practitioner. I know that much. Um, oh, yeah. And he did something. Um, <laughs> I can't really remember. Blind, was, leading I, blind. I think it was the naturalism. Hey Siri, what was better, Brecht's speciality? Let's find out. I've got Siri. Oh. On it. He's on it. I don't. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't say. He done something. I feel like it was like naturalism. And but like they have specific like Uta Hagen who does the destination mm-hmm. exercise. Let's know the um, one that I let's do the one that I actually know. Nobody sits there and goes, today I'm going to go through the destination exercise while I'm on stage just so I know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, you just get up and act, and that's my issue with it all. Well, like, oh, thank you, because I was gonna say like I think some people actually do. I don't. I do just get up and, and act. act. But the the thing is, you are inherently doing those things and you are employing those techniques, but they are, nobody is wanky enough to walk around and go, oh, by the way, during that bit, did you see what I just did there? That's the, um, that's from Respect for Acting by Uta Hagen. Nobody's wanky enough to do that. And it's, Rough. I feel like I'd punch that. someone in the face if they were like, oh, yeah, that was, that was step seven from um, ah. Meisner's book. <laughs> I'd be like, get out of my face now, you absolute well, wanker. I'd like, it's just because I, you know, because I didn't go to drama school. I didn't learn any of these techniques and it was only them oh, doing theatre. Oh, so it's really wasted, or like as in over my head and punch you in the face, so boring, gross. Ugh, ugh. Go away and just do it. That's how I feel. You know, it's like if, if, you, if you're going to be sad in a scene, mate, think of something that makes you sad. Right. It doesn't have to be you don't have to be like, say, the character. So I I was doing ADR today for a a short film in which I'm a vigilante who batters men who hurt dogs. And I like dogs. I'm allergic. I don't really like dogs. Not going to lie. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, it's honest. You know what I mean? But it's you you don't you don't know them, you know, same as myself. Right. Otherwise, I'd batter you. Watch out. Yeah. Um, My my friend's dog. My friend lives across the road from me and I can eat a big Alsatian or is it a German Shepherd? I don't fucking know. And it's really loud. And I did say to my friend the other day, would you ever consider the thing like, you know, where you get the voice box taken away? And he said, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> And it was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm just sick of getting all woke right, up at all seven right. o'clock in the morning. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm just like sick of getting woke up in the morning by your dog. Like, Muzzle, no, muzzle. no real Muzzle shit. to Christmas. Like, yeah, <laughs> for my friend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure he's fucking muzzled. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so I was doing this, uh, doing this, you know, the thing where Yeah. I, I'm a vigilante, batter men who batter dogs. And I'm not, I've never had dogs. It's only through the, the odd dog recently that I've got to know how to kind of, you know, like stroke them and stuff. So I just didn't feel the need to touch them. I'm so happy for them to just, I like wild animals. Just I want live them to their run best around, life. do their thing. That's it. They don't need to be in my house and like molting and stuff yet. Yeah, make me itchy just like yourself um, and stuff like that. So it wasn't that I was going to weep and I had to weep on a specific line. You know how it is. You read it in the script and it's like, and she bursts into uncontrollable tears, slides down the wall uncontrollably. And I'm like, all right, I am And you actually feel going like to, you could cry at any other line in the script other than Mm. that one. other than um and this was the line this is for bailey about a dog right this is for bailey and i battered a bloke this is for bailey uh so i really had to like draw on my own experience not even experience there because fortunately i haven't been affected by like deaths and stuff i've got a small Yeah. family so that's just fortunate right um so i just i say to the director i'm like right i'm gonna take myself a bit seriously for 20 minutes i listen to ludovico ionaudi i don't know if that's how you say it pianist and uh get emotion and think about sad things that possibly could happen to members of my family and that's what i do i'm not like Do you want me to tell you know you I'm my listening crying to some trick? sad music here yeah, go on I watch videos of people coming home from the army and surprising their family. I've done that as well. Makes I've actually me cry. done that. Yeah, Like, I yeah. can't watch them at home. That's actually lovely. And I do get to the point where I go, need to stop using this as much because one day it's not going to work. Absolutely, you'll rinse it. And Yeah. I'm like, let's just keep the, the emotion for the soldiers. And I don't know why, because I don't really give a fuck. Like, do you know what I mean? Patriotic as fuck Like, there. like <laughs> I'm I'm a total Bring like, our boys back. no, like I don't know why it is because I'm such a um, like I'm pro independence. We'll be voting yes in the Scottish referendum next year if we get one. Fingers crossed. Like fuck the government, fuck Boris. Like to quote Stormzy, and so I'm not like patriotic in any way, shape. I think what it is is that when we were in the pandemic. I live on my own. I live in Glasgow. My mum lives down in Chichester, so right near Brighton. And my dad lives in Newcastle. So I didn't see my family. Like, I think my mum left for after Christmas. She came and stayed with me for Christmas. And she left, like, say, the beginning of January. Then we were in lockdown for March. And I we just, she'd went back to her normal life. I was back in mine. And then I dropped out. And I don't think I saw my mum until the August So I was like, I know what it's like to sort of not be, and I've never had that gut reaction the first time I see my mum after the pandemic. I cried, never done that before, like cried happy tears. Mm. And Mm. I think it's now I can relate to, like I know what that feels like to get back Yeah. to just hug Yeah. someone you haven't seen Mm. for so long. So yeah, that's that's what makes me cry. But watch out because as you correct, it will run out Uh, yeah. and it will stop working for you. And if you're on YouTube, then you can go to some really dark places and you don't want to go there. It's like not very nice. No, I... no, I just I've like watching I watched like some things. I'm like, oh god, I'm just I'm just horrified, not sad. This is terrible.
I just like the ones where it's like the soldier that walks into the the restaurant with the bunch of flowers and then mm. takes a plate off the waitress and goes and gives it to his mum and they scream and I'm like I love you all so much I don't even know mm. you and it's yeah. always the Americans yeah, they're yeah, fucking yeah. patriotic as fuck like mm. they would shit the fucking flag out if they possibly could yeah. um but yeah no it's it's mad isn't it yeah. um I had hurt by Johnny Cash for a long time. I would listen to that song on repeat because he's an old, well, he's an old man, that might. He's an old man. And in the video, he's on about, it's like photos of his wife who's died. And I really like old, if I see any old person in discomfort, it really, I don't yeah. like it whatsoever. I'm not saying anyone else does, but it just really does get me. So him, and it's like the pain in his voice, I hurt myself. Really lovely. Yeah. Pain and Oh, on the video, and it was on repeat, on repeat, and it was just that again and again and again. And that really, really got me going. I have a but recommendation for you. Yeah. So there's videos of it somewhere online, and it's professionally done because I've seen them. I don't know where. I'll try and find them. It's this play called Love Song by Abby Morgan, and it's about a couple going through their life, and it's really sad, and it's but it's really beautifully done, and mm. it's so like you need to watch it. Mm. It's mm. so good. So you it. probably will cry. You will cry. Mm. I'm going like to just let you know. Though. But it's just lovely. I've only ever cried. Uh, two things like two things have made me had a got like tv never cried at theater cried once when dobby died in harry potter and mm-hmm. i cried when all the toys held hands and were about to die in toy story 3 toy story. Oh, that was emotional i went to the cinema to watch that one that really was emotional i remember that no, it wasn't when surprised. they held hands it wasn't when they held hands it was when going into the inferno the no, yeah but it was well, that's not when i cried i cried when um what's the kid's name Andy, Andy, when he was giving the toys and then he picked Woody up out the box and was like, I don't really want to give you away. But then he gave yeah. him away and it was really sad and I cried. Yeah. And yeah. then Dobby dying. If you didn't cry when Dobby died, I don't really want to know you. Uh, uh. Oh, got it. Because I can't remember if I did or didn't. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's fine. You can, we can, well, you did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Real tears. <laughs> um, and I love a weep. I love a weep to start. I'm not just... a crier. It's chemically good for you. Like, I can't remember which chemicals, but your brain releases said some chemical that relieves you of stress and makes you happier. So I don't know. The last time I cried... Oh, I do know, actually. It's a bit deep for the podcast. Yeah, we don't have to go there. Yeah, No, I won't. Yeah, no, it's a bit deep for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's move on. Um. We're going to play a game now, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. These are my favourite things in the fucking world. It's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by the listeners of the podcast. And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on so I can play along with you. And these are my favourite things in the world. And like I said to everyone, if you don't like the sound of my voice and don't want to listen to me talk for how many ever hours it's been, just go back and listen to the stage rights and stage shites because they're fucking great. Um and if you've got a story for stage right or stage shite, please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and maybe it'll all come on. Number one, my drama teacher in secondary school used to go on all the time about about how our class's behaviour wouldn't be acceptable on a real set. Open brackets, it probably wouldn't, but that's not the point of this story, close brackets. And that she had been on Coronation Street and that none of us would be hired to do a job like she had done. Three weeks later, I found out that she'd been an extra in two episodes and had done nothing else. I love that. 
I really love that. I don't want to be nasty, but I feel like that's a likely story from yeah. a drama teacher in school who's 100%. just trying to put down 100%. You know, people who, who want to go and make it in the industry. Unfortunately, mm. I don't know why, but they seem to want to kind of batter mm. you down. If you get in anywhere, they're like, no, not more than me. <laughs> so <laughs> I am the best. Yeah. Um, number two. I was doing a student film and we were filming on a street at night. And in the scene, my scene partner had to basically scream at me for being drunk. Open brackets. The film was about domestic violence, close brackets. And a passerby thought it was real and tried to start a fight with my scene partner. How he missed the boom mic operator and the cameraman is beyond me. But I really respected him for standing up as a stranger, especially because it was a man. I hope that's I've true. Had, I had that two weeks ago. I shot some stuff on a film and I was playing a heroin addict and it was me and another guy were walking. You know, this whole mm. scene was us having an argument and traffic stopped people stopped a woman came over to me afterwards going it's not right a bloke shouldn't speak to a woman like that da, 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 da. and i had to say no 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 we're, you know it's, it's this is and the camera's over there and there's 30 crew in just in that park right here so very believable yeah i was at number three i was doing a play and in it i had to eat some avocado on toast only one night, my co-star thought it would be funny to spread some wasabi on the toast instead of avocado. I've never struggled to get through a scene before like that. Okay. Um, I don't know if I believe it just because I love wasabi. If you eat too much, you're not getting through anything. You're not getting through anything at all. You're eyes streaming. Mm. Your head is burning in pain. You're holding your head in pain. I think I had too much English mustard like the other day and I was like intensely like in so much pain yeah so I think that stayed shite do you know what I don't know because I can't my point of view on this one we don't have to agree by the way is mm -hmm. that I have such a low tolerance for spice like I can't do curry curry sauce out of the chip shop yeah yeah too cool, so spicy. Like, even even like a tiny bit of wasabi would probably end me so that's what I'm saying. Mm. You wouldn't be, no one, myself loving spice and heat, wouldn't be able to get through the scene. If it was wasabi as opposed to avocado and the yeah. audience was supposed to be able to see it, see it, like that amount of green wasabi on that bread. Oh, one well, bite then I and you're fucked. I didn't think that it was all wasabi. Like I was like, just like a little bit like on the corner. That's where I was going. Cause that's what I would do if it was me. Like I'm not covering the whole fucking piece of toast. So I'd probably get done with avocado that. though. So like you avocado. do like avocado, like, so say this is the piece of bread. Like yeah. uh, I'm doing this and nobody else can see this. Um, uh, uh. So I would do like wasabi there. Oh, that little bit. that really And then the rest of it, avocado. And then okay. that's like, cause when you pick a piece of toast up, how do you know they're eating that corner? No, that would no. be my. That, I don't know. Um, but do you know what? I'm going to come with you because the other two are so like believable. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go for number three as well. Mm. Little Sherlock, I love Sherlock Holmes. So let's Sherlock the shit out of it. Number three, we got it right. I love let's it. Go. I love it. Thank you. Also, thank you, dear but, Watson. But um, Heather, um. The last three that I've done now have been number three. Can we um mix the numbers up a little bit? Like, because you the one that knows the answers, but the answer's going to be number three for like four weeks in a row now. Um, love you. Um, have a good day. 
Love um, the remix. <laughs> um, you've had such a, a great career, and you've done stuff like Angus Thongs and Perfect Snoggin, Two Pints, like we've spoke about, Skins, you were in Skins, um, Waterloo Road, EastEnders. But what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? Maybe Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, you know, because I grew up watching it as well. I was about six years old, uh, maybe six, seven, and I was in a hotel room with my mum, and there was an episode on. And well, I, I vividly remember it. They, for some reason, they had bags filled with spunk, and they were throwing them over a wall. Honestly, I mean, I didn't, you know, my little brain didn't make it oh, up. Yes, so I do remember that. Remember, so spunk filled bags, chucking them over a wall, and I turned to my mum and I went, "Mum, what's spunk?" And she was like, a smelly animal. A smelly animal, full stop. Full stop. Would you like a sandwich, Georgia? Do you know what I mean? Distraction technique, perfect. So I had grown up watching it. uh, And being there, a a part of the team, I remember at the read-through, there was me thinking that it would have been quite clicky, actually, because they were so set in their little gangs. It worked so well. Were they all still there when you... I don't think Sheridan wasn't there, was she? Sheridan wasn't there, so she'd gone. She'd left the series. And Ralph had gone. And Ralph had, yeah, Ralph Catherine had gone as well. Yeah. So, so it, it was, was Natalie Will and, and Natalie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, like I'm still thinking. Oh, you know, you never know. It might be controversial. A hot take. Gaz and Donna are my favourites. I think. Mm, that's where they lasted. Mm. Um, but I have one more. Um, when I accidentally, you know, when you just can't hold yourself, can't hold it in, yeah. just like my Ruth Jones moment when I just grabbed her and hugged her and yeah. couldn't stop it, it felt so natural. I was in a read through, I was about 15, doing uh, something called The Children with Kevin Waitley, who's an absolute legend, yeah. by the way. He's a just, just such a lovely man. Read through, sat there next to an actress, and we were chatting for ages. And then I looked around, I went, <gasps> and I stood up. Push my chair. Just, it happened. It was a bodily boom. Stood up and I proceeded to shout, I love you. I love you. Oh my God, I love you. And it was, oh my God. I'm not sure of her blooming name now, uh, but it was the lady from Shaun of the Dead. It was Simon Pegg's girlfriend from Shaun of the Dead. Let me Google it. And I just couldn't stop myself. And it was an absolute fangirl moment. And as soon as I'd stood up and shouted, just as quick, I sat down and calmly apologised. I went, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sorry. I'm really, really <laughs> sorry about that. Do you know what I mean? I remember I'm 14 or something like, you know. Kate Ashfield. Kate Ashfield. Big ups, Kate, Kate Ashfield. Um, and yeah, it was her fang. Georgia loves you. Love you. We love you. Um, so yeah, it was that moment. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, bodily. It was a bodily crazy. And then oh, one more was off the back of um off the back of Angus Long's and Perfect Snogging, because Steve Jones was in it, who was awesome as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I ran over to him as soon as the double doors opened to the read-through. I ran over and I threw my arms around him. And I was like, Steve Jones, I'm Welsh too. <laughs> and he was like, oh, lovely, lovely. And then I've never, I have not told this story on any in any interview before. And I went, we sat down at the long, long, long round tables, Paramount Nickelodeon, really big affair. My mum's my chaperone. And Steve was sat opposite me. And I went and I was like, I know you. And he went, what? And I was like, I know more of you than you'd ever like me to. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was literally, I was like 14, just in 14. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, 100 things to do before you're 30. And he did a TV show called 100 things to do before you're 30. And one of them was make your own dildo. 
make your own cast of yourself. Now, he went, how did you see that? You must have. And I was like, don't know, it? TV in my bedroom, whatever. He was like, yeah. must have been 10. I was like, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, seen it. <laughs> and he was, he was mortified. My mum came over. My mum came over from the breakfast buffet. She goes, right, George, I've got your bacon sandwich. Do you want red sauce or brown sauce? And I just went, I've seen his penis. And he died there and then. Dead. We're now, <laughs> you're now looking at the ghost of Steve Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Oh, uh, working oh. with him. <laughs> I have seen his penis. 14. Oh, God. And then, so, and he was such a good, lovely sport. So, anyway, he laughed it off. And then we were, you know, doing scenes together. And one of the scenes, he was topless. Uh, he, you know, when he was like doing some building work and his mum's perving. And my mum is, uh, you know, is on set as well, along with Louise Reniston. Uh, her, her just to mom. like, like um, clarify, was it mm. his real mum or his mum in the production? Because you said his mum was perving. And I just want to make sure that. It was Karen who played Georgia Groom's mum in Anger Songs. So uh, yeah. Georgia, the main character's mum in Anger Songs, was perfect. Not uh, his mum, you bloody yeah. nutter. Because no, no, I did just nutter. go, I did for a second, I went, his mum was perving on it. It's a bit weird. I know. And I was like, I'm I have like, to clarify this before well, like, he's on the phone. <laughs> I know, right? But I mean, it wouldn't seem too out of place uh, off the back of that, what I just said. <laughs> Um, So, right, the mother is perving on him in the scene and my mum is like, you know, side stage, shall we say, on on set. She's perving on him off the scene. Perving on him, along with Louise Renison, because they were great friends. They were pretty similar, her and my mum just like chilling perving at Steve and then when that film that scene was done uh, we all went to our dressing rooms and we were like walking down the corridor and I was like oh Steve will you have a photo with my mum please because we've got one of Will Meller as well me mum and Will Meller and my mum's got it on her mantelpiece because he's just great oh I'd love Will lovely yeah come on the podcast please well actually it's not probably not possible right now is it Will good luck on Strictly oh okay oh yeah he's on Strictly isn't he don't know awesome He's doing strictly, so that's why it's probably not possible right now because he's it, probably inundated. Poof, yeah, crazy, crazy. Hashtag Team Will for Team Strictly. Hashtag at Will Mella. Yeah, he is works. on social media. Oh, he, yeah. He hashtag is Will Mella at Will Mella. Yeah, we love you. He was just a legend, but actually. Will Mella will Wait. be on Strictly when this comes out. So from me and Georgia, Will, best of luck. Um, and will bring the crown home or don't come home. I say that like I live with him. No, no. Yeah. Like... Bloody tidy your shoes up when you get back as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never met the man in real life, but I'm a massive fan. Uh, good luck, Will, um, and smash it. It'd be yeah. really, really awkward if he's been eliminated by now. No, um, never. He's going to no, win. He's going to win Will it. for the win. Gonna... Yeah, so I asked Steve Jones for a photo yeah. like I'd had with Will. I said, oh, Steve, please, please, can I have a photo with you and my mum? He went, yeah, yeah, I'll just come to your dressing room in a bit. So I went back to my dressing room and because he was topless in the scene and he came to my dressing room and he had a shirt on and I went, oh, Steve, no, topless, take it off. And he went, what? I was like, take it off. And he went, oh, oh all right. And he did. And, wow. and we had a photo, me, him, and my mum. And he was you such a bit, the, like, 14 year old you just sport. bitched this man. He was just really nice and sound and funny and um baffled by my my behaviour and attitude yeah, for such like, a young woman. 
a 14 year old who just walked onto that set take it and off. went take it off he's gonna be my bitch <laughs> like, like, first of all i'm gonna let him know that i've seen his dick like, <laughs> i'm just gonna own him in that way because i'm still a child um and then i'm just gonna force him to remove his clothes but I, I really was. I was like, that. I'll take, I'll take, take it off, take the top off, and he did. Lovely. Um, and then we've got that photo we've got on the mantelpiece. So that was a moment as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about you bitching Steve Jones now. <laughs> <laughs> bitching lovingly, lovingly. You bitch. Like you are mine. <laughs> You've been like, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a, a closing tradition on this podcast. It's the second to last question, and it's the previous guest has left a question for you. They didn't know who it was going to be, and you leave it a question for the next guest, and you won't know who it's going to be either. The mm. the question that has been left for you is quite. I, it's my favorite kind of question because it has nothing to do with acting, and it's and I just totally let us know a bit more about you. What's your favorite kind of weather? Hot, hot hot as fuck i love it just calm down don't let anything touch i mean like you you, yourself limbs Mm. apart and relax stop flapping this is just a word to just you know to so many so many of us lovely british people who cannot handle the heat they can't take the heat at all right oh come on people wishing for rain constantly i came back to london from cardiff last week and my housemates like that oh i'm boiling i was like ah, oh, oh with your fan god's yeah. sake I... at least you're prepared and not moaning right it's all about being prepared i've got a neck fan that my mum bought me that she definitely found on tiktok <laughs> and it's just like wear it i don't care i look like an absolute knob in it but i'm but just you are in it a suitable temperature yeah and i wear like very few clothes i just wear absolute bare minimum Mm. and um and have a fan and i tan i'm gonna look 60 next year because i tan (laughs) as much as possible in fact a 50 on my face but the rest of it can just go south i don't Mm. care i love a tan um i wish i lived abroad in a hotter country but you know i'm I, i actually do really enjoy it here it's just the weather so these 40 degree days Look, I, you know, care for the vulnerable people who can't just sort themselves out. But otherwise, stop moaning and just part your bits and keep it cool. As a fat man who lives in Scotland, I was in London on that 43 degree, 43 degree day. Mm. And as a fat man who lives in Scotland, the hottest it sort of gets in Scotland is 25, 26 degrees, if we're very, very lucky. Um, And it was horrific. And I wanted to kill myself. And I was auditioning that day. The aircon didn't work. Every door had to be open. I had to sit and listen to everyone's auditions. Everybody got oh. to listen to my audition. It was yes. not good. My yes. ideal weather is um, eight, nine degrees, maybe 10 at a push, and oh. a nice little bit of a breeze. Mm. Not too, too close. Not too gusty. No, a pair of shorts, a t-shirt. Mm. And, um, but, like, I, I quite like a, a cool day. Mm. Not a heat mm. person at all. Yes, because then it's optional. You know, you can like layer up if you're cold. But I just want to. I want to wear. I want to wear as few amount of clothes as possible. I love it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I like. I like what it's at now. Not in mm. my bedroom right now because it's fucking roasting in here. Because mm. I can't open any windows. No for the fans. Noise. No windows. Yeah. It's horrible. Fucking hate it. Um, not in my bedroom. But like, if I go outside in a minute. Like, it'll be nice. I, I'll enjoy it. Like, I could sit out there, read mm. my book. I'm reading 
Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix right now. Oh, awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. I feel like I would actually quite like to read them. I'm going to say reread, but no, read them. I queued up for, I believe it might have been the Order of the Phoenix. Is that the sixth book? Fifth. Okay. I, Half-Blood I Prince, like... the sixth. I feel like it was the Order of the Phoenix. I actually queued up to, you know, midnight, like yeah. everyone's dressed as witches. I think I queued up for that one. And I actually did either read the whole thing or, or, or quite a lot of it. I was in that hospital at the time, so it was a really good one. Uh, but I do think it would be nice to go back and read them. They are good. But what I would say is maybe buy them from a charity shop because JK Rowling is really problematic at the moment and has said a lot of transphobic things and we don't really want to support that. So charity mm. shop. Or... DM me your address on Instagram and I'll lend you my copies. That's just blooming lovely offer. Nice one. Um, I, I, JK Rowling will always hold a special place in my heart because she changed my life completely. But we stand with trans people on this mm. podcast mm. and trans lives are, the trans rights are human rights. And JK Rowling could have just continued to be the most successful author in the world and would have gone down but she chose this path and it's really sad. But like I always say, I'd rather know where the snakes are so I can avoid them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But continue to read Harry Potter. Just don't buy anything new. Don't mm. give her any more money. And I'll lend you my copies. I've got plenty. Awesome. That's delightful. Um, Thank you. What question would you like to leave for the next guest? And what's coming up for you next? Where can everybody see you on their screens, on their stages? Anything coming up? Oh, radio drama now coming out in September. I love radio drama. People can hear a uh, a radio drama I did for BBC Radio 4. They can catch up with that. And that is called I've Been So Touched. And yeah, it's a BBC 4 play. And um, and I really enjoyed doing it. I think it's awesome writing, awesome writing. And, and if this um, is November, it's out now. Link in the show notes below. Out now. Yeah, it's out now. So ready. Go, go fucking listen to it, right? Finish this first, but then go and listen to it. Thank you. Love you all. Um, where can everyone follow you on social media and keep up to date with what you're doing? Okay. Gonna give this a Google as well. I, I, had, it, I, I had it up earlier. Absolute rubbish. Instagram at Miss Henshaw. At Miss. That's a badger. And then Which I'm on Twitter, I, but I don't really do it. I couldn't find your Instagram and basically had to go through the hashtags, hashtag Gemma. Hen- uh, Gemma? The fuck did Gemma just come from there? Ugh. I was like, that's not her name. I was talking to somebody the other day called Gemma. Um, with Georgia, I had to go hashtag Georgia Henshaw and then go through and see who tagged you. And I was like, but then mm. I've got it up. Oh, I don't follow you. I've followed you now. Nice one. I there. don't really care. I'm not too... I mean, everyone go follow me. Brilliant. But it's not the end of the world if you don't. Um, for me it is so everyone please go follow me and um, all the links are in the show notes below Um, yeah please please come follow me I'll cry if not I'll cry Um, but thank you so much for coming on and doing this we've come to the end now I've I've realised that I was very much in the right state of mind to cancel said podcast that was supposed to start 46 minutes ago Um, yeah definitely yeah glad I I did that And I've not been tired at all. Do you know, I'm, you know, you you can be like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, but this has been like an engaging chat. Mm. I've been happy to gab away. I don't do that with everyone. Sometimes you can see the light die in their eyes and you're like, okay, where can everyone find you on social media? But it's been, I've had such a lovely time and I'm like struggling to believe that we've spent nearly two hours together. That's a bit mad. 
That's mental, but lovely. Mm. Yeah, no, especially because I um I I almost fucked up today. Mm. It was great. I'm gonna peel back the curtain. My bed mm. is right there. Ignore the coke bottle. I finished that earlier. I'm not a slob. And it's it's gone. It's gone. Show me oh, again. Show me again. No, no, no. It, it it glitched in that moment. So my yeah. bed is right there, Ooh. and it's yeah. very unmade at the moment because mm-hmm. about four o'clock today, I thought. I'm going to lie down for an hour. I've got two hours until the podcast. I can I can have a sleep. And I woke up yeah. 10 minutes before this podcast started. Oh, again, I, I really do like that n- normalness in yourself and your lovely little naughtiness. Do you know what I mean? You would never do it on purpose, but that's just normality. Yeah. And I love the fact you're a real person. No matter how I, successful I put my alarm you get on. this podcast, you are a real person. I, I, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> I love you for it. That's um, what we want. Scumbags yeah. only, please. I put my alarm on for half five and I was like, that's enough time to get up and just get myself sorted. I've literally got to walk two feet and sit down. And yes. we're like, I'd set, I would done a podcast earlier, so everything was set up. And I woke mm. up and I went, fuck, fuck, checked my phone. And I was like, I've got 10 minutes, that's fine. And I just yeah, sort of yeah, laid yeah. there for a minute and I was like, and then go back to no, gotta get up. Oh. <laughs> um, oh no, oh no, because you're so excited. Can we I feel like if not, if I can't find it on um YouTube, I'll find it and I'll put it into the um I'll put it into the episode because I feel like we need to hear it. Yeah, we do. This and is my Kayla. This is a fabulous time to finish just because I've got I've got car alarms and all sorts going off here. Oh fun. It's not there, and it's. I just wanted the clip. I don't want to watch a full trailer, even though it's great. I'm so excited! But, but one, two, three, there it is. It's in the episode. Having fun. Oh, Thank you so much clip. for coming on and do this. Um, it's Thank been you. such a pleasure. What I like to say to everyone is, if you ever find yourself in Glasgow, because I am unemployed, the first round is on me, and because you're the working actor, the rest of the rounds are on you, and we'll have a good time. I don't drink, so it'll be Ding relatively down. cheap rounds. Oh, okay. I'll see you at Maggie Jones's cocktail bar. I lived above it, and at the time, I didn't drink, and I used to go in there for. So it's it's on. Uh, Maggie Mays. It's on, um, maybe Maggie Mays then. Is was it, it like no, Merchant City? Glasgow. Yeah, it's, Maggie yeah, Mays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maggie Mays. I literally lived above it for like four months and I didn't drink at the time. So I would go down every day for a non-alcoholic watermelon cocktail. So I'll take you for one of them. Um, but I will let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been such a pleasure. Nice one. Thank you so much. Have Amazing. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 108 completed. Thank you so much to Georgia for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps us out so much you don't even know. Don't forget, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please click the link to the Google form in the show notes below and submit your story. And remember that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next week. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, fuck your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout.